Hello, and welcome to another episode of Quilt Buzz, the podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Anna of Wax and Wayne Studio. Hi, everyone. Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guest, Ben of Ben Millette. Hello. Um, so before we jump into all the quilty fun, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I live in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, with my husband and my son. I work during the day at an agriculture company. Um, and at that agriculture company, I'm also involved with our LGBTQ employee resource group. And then I use whatever free time I have for my quilting interests, um, which are making quilts, jackets, patterns. Um, I'm also the vice president of the Central Iowa Modern Quilt Guild. So that takes up some of my time and I enjoy working with all of them. Okay. So now that we know a little bit more about you, can you tell us how you got into into quilting and um, like what the journey was and then how you came to start posting about it on Instagram? Absolutely. Um, so the first block that I made was probably in fifth or sixth grade. Um, there was a opportunity to hand stitch a quilt block that was just blue and white. It was a traditional block. I don't remember what it was, but there were half squared triangles. I remember that. And I turned that into a pillow because I enjoyed it, but I didn't like hand piecing that block. And I didn't do anything with, with sewing until uh, about 10 years ago. Um, I have a few nieces and nephews and wanted to make something for them, but also I was conscripted into, or maybe I volunteered is a better way of putting it. I volunteered to, to make a, a queen size quilt for my cousin's wedding. That's conscription. That is, <laughs> that is blackmail. And it sounds like you got bullied into doing it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> there, there was no one else who was going to make it. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll make it. Um, and so I pulled out my, my singer, my domestic machine, pieced it. So this was my first quilt and I was like, okay, I'll just sew the pieces together. And then, then it came time to the basting and quilting. So I reached out to a friend and she said, pin baste it. So I got my straight pins and, and basted <laughs> it that way. Um, and then ran the, the queen. That's a death trap. <laughs> it, there was only a, a little bit of blood. <laughs> I hope it wasn't a white quilt. It, no, it was not. Okay. Um, and I, so, so then to quilt it, I thought, how am I going to quilt this? Because I've had never quilted anything. And so my friend suggested just uh, stitch in the ditch. Like, okay, I can do that. Wow. And so I just went back and forth, zigzag through the ditches on with my domestic machine. Um, and I don't even remember what I did for the binding. Um, but it finished and how long did it take you um i don't remember it was it was a few weeks i should also point out that the quilting was i i had no idea what a quilt uh, what a walking foot was so oh, so i just used my my regular um like quarter inch foot and it all worked out that's amazing <laughs> yeah and, sounds 
I'm like, amazed you weren't turned off by quilting through that process. <laughs> like the fact you stuck to it and just kind of rolled with the punches. <laughs> but then like this, the scraps that I had from that, I thought, oh, I have a, a nephew that's coming soon. I'll just make these into a, a quilt for, for my nephew. And that was a nice like 40 by 40 inch quilt. And, and from there, it just just continued on. And um, then 2018, my husband and I bought a house and we turned the craft room, well, as a spare bedroom into a craft room. And so from there, I basically made that a second time or a second full-time job of, I would come home from work, eat dinner, then retreat to the craft room to, to quilt and have basically not stopped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're still doing it because you certainly have learned it the long and hard way. I have. Yeah. <laughs> when did you decide to join your local guild? I joined, uh, it was after I had a quilt, My I had a tessellation quilt quilted by someone who was a member of the, the guild and I had been following them on Instagram for a while and she just kept nudging, why don't you join the guild? Why don't you join the guild? <laughs> and I, I thought, why not? I have nothing to lose. I might as well, might as well join. And then six months later, I was the vice president and <laughs> it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. So how big is the guild over there? Our guild is 46, 47 members. For those of our listeners who might not be familiar with your work, can you kind of describe your style? Sure. I describe it as modern. I have pretensions of accuracy. It's not so straight quilting. My quilting lines are all over the place. So that's kind of where I picked up not so straight. And I really like to use solids and more saturated colors. Yeah. So I, I would go with modern. And do you think that your style has evolved since that first queen? Did you do a pattern for that first queen size quilt or did you kind of Oh, no. Do your own thing then? No. <laughs> I did my own thing. You, I, like, that is the definition of bit off more than that. Yeah. <laughs> like, anyone should have. <laughs> I mean, it, my, my style ha has changed. I mean, in, in that for my initial quilts, I used a lot of, I used a lot of prints and I would use flannels instead of quilting cotton. Um, I would still use half square triangles and those basic shapes, um, no curves at that point. But I have really tried to try to have more, more focus on the colors. And before, if the colors work together, great, but I'm a lot more intentional of, of how the colors work with, work with each other. So do you think your kind of change from using a lot of half square triangles to more curves and organic shapes? Was that because you discovered templates or did you discover templates because of that? I'm wondering chicken egg here. <laughs> I, I discovered templates because of Curve. I signed up for Libs Elliott's La Fine du Monde, the end of the world quilt. And her pattern had paper templates with curves, which was new to me that there would be paper templates. But I didn't like the idea of using paper to cut the shapes out. I didn't want to keep trimming off the paper and end up with different shapes. So I, I contacted a local long armor who also has a laser cutter and she cut out some, some templates for me. And I've, I've been using those since and really enjoy the accuracy that, 
that the templates provide to me. I think everyone should have a laser cutter for that reason. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Have you thought of um, like marketing or starting your own line of templates, Ben? So I, I worked with the same long arm quilter at Urbandale Laser, and I worked with her to come up with a set of five templates um, in different sizes. So there's a, a square, a half square triangle, a convex curve, a concave curve, and an orange peel. And those five, we have them in sizes that finish at one inch, two inch, three inch, four inch, five inch, and six inch. And I am calling those building blocks. I wanted these these templates to be more generic um, that could be used across patterns, whether for my patterns, other people's patterns. And right now, that's the extent that I would like to go with the those templates. I, I think those five shapes are enough to cover a lot of the things that that we do in modern quilting or just in quilting in general. And I'm really happy that that Michelle at Urbandale Laser has has put these together so that if if I need them for any of my patterns or if anyone else wants to use templates, that those are available. Sounds much better. I started off quilting by cutting out, you know, opening up the quilt book, taking my tracing plastic, tracing that onto the plastic, cutting the plastic out, and then drawing every single shape on the fabric. So that sounds a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I still have nightmares about that tracing plastic. Like that is a miserable experience. It's there is no meditation. There's no zenfulness. There's nothing. <laughs> it is just miserable. And you can fight me on that quiltiverse. <laughs> so how long is it pretty quick to generate one of the templates? From the plastic itself? Yeah. The laser cutting? Yeah. I would provide Michelle with a drawing from say Adobe Illustrator and she would put that into CAD and probably a few minutes later, um, it would be all, all cut out. And, and so it's it's pretty easy. That sounds really cool. <laughs> From the person who's not actually doing the laser cutting, I'm just providing the template. It's really easy. Um, <laughs> Here you go. Bye. <laughs> exactly. So do you have like a particular sort of template that you use um, the most? I would probably say actually the half square triangles um, templates are the ones that I use the most, primarily because I, I can use a jelly roll and just line it, line it right up and cut along the the diagonal and then cut along oh, one of the equilateral sides. Mm -hmm. I, I was trying to recall my, my geometry. And <laughs> I, that's the one that I mostly go back to. I also use the squares, especially for, for squaring off all mm. of the. So you don't do like four at a time or eight at a time HST? In one of my patterns, I did do it. I provided the option for two time and I like the idea idea of them but for some reason it's never I, precise right i hate i i do not like all of the trimming that comes from yes. squaring yeah. off those squares and so oh. um if i can just be accurate in my cutting and piecing from the get-go that helps obviously like i said i have pretensions of of accuracy so i do need to trim a little bit but um I really do like being able to chain piece the half square triangles. I would love to have like a, I don't know if it's a survey or a competition, but to have, see how many like perfect, precise half square triangles you can get in a minute, whether you do eight at a time or one at a time. Like I always question like my shoulder. I have a bum shoulder. Every time I'm trimming HSTs, I'm like, this cannot be worth it. Like this is, 
such a pain in the ass. Believe that. <laughs> I, I I believe that. And as an aside, I am working on a on a quilt that is going to be having a lot of half square triangles. And I was thinking of doing like a two at a time and a four at a time. I will test this out. I'll be oh. your guinea person to try this just because how much time really is safe? That's a, yeah. that's an excellent question that I'm sure someone has a blog post about it somewhere. There's, but... there's yeah. a Reddit, there's a Reddit thread. <laughs> <Yes>. There is. <laughs> Clearly your man is going exploring. <laughs> I'm going to find it. So when you're thinking about, um, designing a quilt or just picking fabrics for a quilt, what, what type of thing inspires you? It really depends on the day. Sometimes it's finding fabrics that I really like. Um, I will occasionally use prints. And so if there's a print that I really like, but want to expand on that with, with color, um, with, with solids, um, I'll use that as the inspiration. Sometimes it's finding a, a picture um, either online or a photograph that I've taken that I want to elaborate on as a quilt. And sometimes it's just a project or like a challenge and the theme of that challenge, I will take as, as the inspiration and try to, um, elaborate on that. One of the charity quilts that I've made recently, the block that I used was actually from my, what have I done tote? So as I was quilting the tote, I was noticing how the triangles were lining up and how my straight line quilting were making these interesting shapes. And so then I took that and expanded it to a, a block that then I used for a protea flower and was really happy with, with how that single block that was from a completely different thing, I was able to use that for a flower quilt. Do you find that there are running themes to the things that you are inspired by? Like, or like what stops your thumb when you're scrolling through Pinterest or Instagram? I, that's a really interesting question. When I'm scrolling through Instagram, things that stop me are interesting color play, um, color choices that I would not necessarily have chosen, um, but play really well together or new techniques or or how a block is used that I haven't seen used before that that's what would stop me. Um, and so I think sometimes with some of the, the quotes that I work on, it's, it is that, um, what's a new way of, of putting these, these two things together, whether they're blocks or colors, um, and ex trying to explore that, um, that space of in inspiration versus derivation versus that whole world can of worms yes, yes. <laughs> so amanda and i were very lucky to and cardboard cut out amanda's face which we'll show, face. yeah which we'll show we'll share in the show notes um so we had the opportunity to meet you in person um at quickcon this year and i think that the correct terminology is we pounced on that <laughs> like there might have been screams from across a bar <laughs> Maybe. More <laughs> you. It, it, was, it was mutual. It was mutual. <laughs> anyway, so we, we had the opportunity to meet you. Um, and one of the things that we pounced on was the 365 Kona color jacket that you had on. Um, so do you have any advice on how to work with large quantities of colored fabrics in the one project? Because that is pretty crazy. Like, 
I've struggled trying to work with 10, um, but working yeah. three, six, five fabrics, like that's crazy <laughs> and amazing. <laughs> working with 365 colors was a lot. Um, I, I really relied on a, a, te a technique that I learned from Libs Elliott during that same Le Fin de Mont uh, quilt along. Libs uses paper plates. So I got a stack of paper plates, numbered them one through, I think for that quilt, there were 12 colors. And so I, I numbered them one through 12 and kept all the colors on each, on each paper. So grouping them by family kind of? Yeah. They, they were, okay. so, well, so for, for the jacket, I cut off all of the fabrics and I relied on the Kona color card because I wanted to keep things in order in some way. So I, I used the color card and set up stacks of 12 fabrics, all stacked in the order of the color card. And then because there are 24 rows, there's some number of rows. Um, I 365 by 12, 30 rows. Uh, math is failing me. <laughs> so I, I had a paper plate per row of the Kona color card. And then as I assembled them, I would just make sure that I was in order taking off for, from plate one, use the fabric number one, fabric number two, fabric number three in order. And those paper plates have really helped me for other quilting steps. Like if I want to chain piece down a column of a quilt, I'll just stack those and put them on plate one as I go across the, the columns for that quilt. So everything stays in order. I will also use Ziploc bags as needed to, with little paper labels um, to keep those sorted out. But the paper plates have been with me for basically every project. That's a great That's idea. That's a really good tip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have even imagined that you had to use plates, paper plates to have organized all those fabrics. Yeah. I And I have thought about upgrading to some china something like that but <laughs> but the nice thing about the paper plates is they they stack really well and they can go in the cupboard when when they're not being used were there any when you were doing that um jacket project were there any color combinations that you were surprised by that you found attractive or not or any learnings that you took away from it i would probably say that it just reinforced how much i like the greens green is my favorite <laughs> color and so Good when choice. i was as I was setting up the, the fabrics, I wanted to have a gradient and not a gradient exactly off of the color card, but I wanted to have my own gradient. And so I laid out all 365 colors in 13 rows. And th th this is where the paper plates came really in handy because I could just take off one, put on and stack them all up. Oh my um, gosh. And so as, as I was doing that, where there were the, the green, the green gradients, I just kept falling in love with those. Oh, these are the best blocks ever. <laughs> Which color did you hate working with? I hated the neutrals. Oh, they, interesting. I recognize that they are important to provide, <laughs> to provide balance in, in quilts. Um, but having the entire set of the tans and olive greens not even like the nice olive greens the, the puke yes <laughs> like bird poo green yeah like what, what birds are <laughs> <laughs> like a duck like a duck poop okay yeah oh, i think that's a pretty green <laughs> no okay of all of all the 
the poop colors, right? <laughs> like, goose poop is not the worst. <laughs> so you've made a couple of cool jackets, not only the one from last year with the 365 Kona color. Uh, do you have any plans for future quilt, quilt jacket designs? I think right now I'm content with just the 2D quilts. I really enjoyed making the Kona jacket. And I also enjoyed making the uh, Juicy Juice Alice in Glass mini sew along jacket. But there are only so many quilted jackets that I need in my yeah. life right now. <laughs> and I'm really happy with, with the, the two jackets that I have. So at this point, I don't have plans on making additional. But if if there's some some design that comes up, I'm not going to say no. It is such an incredible jacket. Like, it's stunning. Just, yeah, I had to touch it. Like, it was <laughs> <laughs> no, like legit. I was like, well, I was kind enough to ask you, can I touch your jacket? That's Which I appreciated. <laughs> but I'm sure plenty of people just touched it without permission, right? Right. I mean, it's it's a quilt, and so if if there weren't people, say at QuiltCon, who were actively preventing people from touching quilts people would be touching all of the quilts. So yeah. just because it was on my person, um, it was still a quilt. So let's go touch it, which is is fine. Um, it <laughs> gave me a, a, a good insight into, say, pregnant women who have people come up and touch their bodies or- Oh my God, it's the or, worst. <laughs> or, or people coming up and, and touching other people's hair. Um, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, there's no need. There's a, there's, there's right. a bubble. Yeah, there, there's, there's a, a bubble. Yeah, and you need to get a QuiltCon uh, volunteer with you next time when you wear a jacket. At oh, I will be. I will. Have we will. My, we will both RBF, <laughs> and I will hold white gloves, and people have to put the white gloves on to touch the jacket. Thank you. The, the white gloves <laughs> will be a requirement. <laughs> what are your quilting goals for this year? In January, I created this blog post where I said that I was going to pursue intentional exploration. I was going to just see where things went. And I set a goal for myself of having one or two more quilt patterns that were going to be released. Um, this was in addition to the three I already had um, in the works at that point. And I wanted to find out what my my style was, like really pursue what is my artistic voice and where do I want to push this? The third thing that I had wanted to do was leave myself open to any commissions. And as the year went on, um, QuiltCon was my first attendance at a QuiltCon, and it was overwhelming. I loved it, but I needed two weeks after I got back just to decompress and recover from all of the awesomeness that was there. And then that puts us in the middle of March when the country went on lockdown basically and that has been a really interesting experience just what it does explore really look like what are the things that i'm interested in working on while also trying to keep up with the things that i had committed to do beforehand and one of the things that i had mentioned in the blog post was that i was really excited about working on this one particular quilt where i had a bunch of half square triangles that i was cutting and I finished that before QuiltCon, but then as I was sitting with it, I realized that it was more of a derivation than my own voice. And I wanted to pursue how I could make that my own. And so I'm 
I'm really excited to continue working with that and to see, see what I can do to refine my voice, my artistic voice, and just continue to explore in that area. I think that's always hard. I think it's because it's such a derivative craft. I think that's just part of what it is, is finding out. And I feel like it's a constant, not only journey, but also a struggle of what is truly yours. What is, what are you just trying to make fit in? But like, how do you make sure that those external forces aren't forcing you to be something you're not like where, and that's an exhausting conversation to have. So it's time to move on to our rapid fire quilty questions. Are you ready, Ben? I am. Excellent. Uh, Wendy, no, Anna, why don't you kick us off? Okay. What is your favorite time of day to quilt? Afternoon. Do you wear shoes while sewing? If I do, it's only on my left foot. So my pedal foot can be right on the pedal. Nice and grippy. Yes. All five toes. Wait, so does that mean that when you drive, you have one shoe on? No, that's unsafe. (laughs) So are you saying that I'm an unsafe driver then? That would not surprise me. I would not say such a thing. (laughs) I will. (laughs) Music, Netflix, podcasts, or the sound of silence while sewing? All of the above at different times. Do you have a current favorite uh, podcast or show or, or album? My favorite thing right now is just to put my music on shuffle and whatever comes up, comes up. So do you have a favorite snack while quilting? Usually I don't snack while I quilt, but if I do have a snack, it would be M&M's. What kind of M&M? Peanut. Peanut Mm, M&M's. A good choice. Yeah, very good. What is your favorite traditional block? I don't have one. My grandma was the quilter in the family and she would just do scrappy quilts. And so my, my exposure to traditional blocks, other than like the antique quilts, which I, I didn't pay attention to the blocks in, the, in those. And so I'm educating myself on traditional blocks. What's your favorite color? Green. What's your favorite Kona color? Grass green. What is your favorite color of green? Probably closest to, to grass green. Hex code is 669933. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> We're adding that to the show notes, everyone. <laughs> What color fabric do you use the most? Kona white. Solids or prints? Solids. Who's your favorite fabric designer? Uh, I would say Libs Elliott, Juicy Juice, K-Facet. Oh, so good. Uh, K-Facet, especially for backing. What's the last fabric you bought? Kona uh, for my phosphoric tricolor sample in pomegranate, peacock, and acid lime. Do you have a favorite quilt shop? I really like Fabric Bub and my local quilt shop, Iowa Quilt Block. How do you organize your fabrics? Is it by color, designer, size, prints, solids, or is there a particular way that we all don't know and we should know? <laughs> I have three drawers for all of my fabric. A dra- one drawer for scraps, everything thrown together. One drawer for fat quarters that are separated by rainbow color. And then another drawer for all of my yardage and everything just gets thrown in there together. What sewing notion couldn't you live without? A hair marker. What thread brand do you use the most? Or do you use? I use Guterman and occasionally I'll use Aurifil. Um, What is your pressing preference? Open to the dark side, whatever works. 
I will press open unless I'm forced to because of the thickness of some of the corners. Pick one, HSTs, curves, or strip piecing. HSTs. Machine or hand quilt? Machine. Machine or hand bind? Machine. What's your favorite part of the quilting process? Designing or piecing the blocks. What's one bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? Using my needles for way too long. Uh, what's your favorite recent make? The Protea flower for when I was charity auction. And how many quilts are in your whip pile right now? Zero. <gasps> what? That's I, amazing. I, I tried to I work on yes. <laughs> I tr I try to work on one quilt at a time, and I recently finished a quilting project, and I'm currently in the design process for the next one. Ooh. So if you do have work in progresses, where do you normally store it? I will store them in stacks on a table, um, sometimes in boxes if they are blocks that I'm organizing, and those go in, a, in the cabinet. Do you dabble in any other hobbies? I play video games, and I will do work on my website. What is your favorite video game? I would say it's Dragon Age Inquisition, which is an oh, older game, but that's a good one. I love it. We've got just a couple more questions for you. And first up is who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? The first would be John Paul Morabito. Uh, they're a weaving artist, and I saw their work at the Des Moines, uh, the Des Moines Art Center. They do really interesting things with computerized weaving. And so they'll have their design and then use use the machine to to weave that. The second account is Joe Hall underscore geometrics. Um, Angela is an acrylic polymer artist and their pieces are very geometric and have all sorts of interesting colors that I might not necessarily think go well together, but they do. And it's basically acrylic polymer quilts and oh, it's just awful. really i don't know that they would call them quilts but <laughs> they look like quilts and they're just really interesting to to look at the third account is handwriting or han writing it uh han cow embroiders on postcards and in vintage photos to make it a really interesting effect and they show both the front and then the reverse so you can see all the knots and things on the back. It, they're just really interesting. Uh, before we sign off, do you have any fun projects on the horizon that you could share with us? There are two things that I'm working on. One that I'm thinking about of, I just want to empty out my scrap drawer and put all of the pieces together and explore what I can do to empty out that, that drawer. I'm also working on a quilt with some fabric samples that are, are coming out next year. And I'm really excited about the direction that this is going. So we need to wrap up and we hope that you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can be found most easily on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth Studio, Wendy. I am the dot weekend quilter. Anna. I am at Wax and Wayne Studio. And Ben. I am Ben Millette. Or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website, quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's podcast, 
We hope that you subscribe to the show and tell your quilty friends about us. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, we'd be thrilled. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 Bye.